everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill, and today we're trucking along into Season 9 with our second episode, which I'll get into in just a minute. Um, you know, today, today's episode is very interesting because um, the town is dealing with an epidemic or a pandemic here. While we as a society, like I talked about last week, I'm not going to go too much into it, we're currently dealing with a pandemic. But the pandemic that Carmen is dealing with is not nearly as bad as what we're dealing with. So, today, Cartman is going to get his chance. He's going to get his chance to get rid of the one group of people he hates more than any else with maybe the exception of the Jews talking about hippies today's episode is die hippie die and uh, let's not waste any time let's get into this week's episode die hippie die This episode was written and directed by Trey Parker and originally aired on March 16th, 2005. The episode begins with Cartman going to a house looking for parasites. But the parasites he's looking for are hippies. So Cartman, he knocks on the walls in in this house, doesn't really find anything. Then he goes up to the attic. And he's got his flashlight, and he's looking around, and he sees a group of hippies. Now, we have three kinds of hippies here that we're dealing with. The first kind here is the giggling, getting high hippies. They just like to smoke, and they laugh. So that's our first group of hippies. Then, the next set that he finds is the drum circle hippies. Now, the lady that owns the house explained to Cartman that she just let them in, thinking, oh, they're not going to cause us any trouble. You know, it'll be just fine. So, Cartman decides to start cleaning up, or as best as he can, this, this group of hippies. So, then he checks the walls one more time, and he's explaining that the more hippies come, the bigger the group gets. And then he discovers there's a hippie in the wall of this person's house. So then he warns the lady of the third kind of hippie, the college know-it-all hippies. Which, to be honest, I I don't think I ever dealt with that group, the college know-it-all hippies. Although, to be perfectly honest with you guys, I took my classes at night, so I don't think at nighttime I would have dealt with the know-it-all college hippie. So they drive into town, and we see Stan, Kyle, and Kenny. They're trying to help their town by having people subscribe to magazines, and we get this whole spiel of, oh, corporations are brainwashing you, you don't even know it, they're trying to take you down. You know, that whole speech and the boys get so upset that they end up becoming hippies too so meanwhile Cartman throws another hippie into his basement and the hippies get upset and they 
absolutely should be upset because they're being held against their own will. Well, apparently they've been there for weeks. And Carbon said, you know what? You guys are trying to mess my town. Not going to let you do it. So he throws them some joints of marijuana and a guitar. And they start playing on the guitar while smoking. And, you know, if they just stop smoking, if they would, like, get off their butts and realize there's a window there, there may be a chance they'd get out. But Carmen has the door boarded up, bolted in, and, you know, they obviously can't get out the door why not try the why not try the window i mean it, it's a good measure of escape i mean if you've watched the episodes of south park in the past they you know these houses do have windows they could fit them in there's not really too many fat hippies there that they could try you know to get out so the town council is having a meeting when cartman runs in and he tells the town council the entire situation about these hippies and how there are right now three meeting spots for hippies, all within very few miles of each other, actually. And if they continue to let them go, it's going to end up where they're going to have a music festival. And if they have a music festival, then the town's going to basically get swallowed up and it's going to be absolutely terrible. Well, the mayor doesn't really believe Cartman, so she kicks him out of the town council. So now, the hippies are at the playground with Stan, Kyle, and Kenny, and they're talking about, you know, how are we going to take down the corporations? They're like, yeah, corporations, they're terrible, yeah. And Cartman comes, and he's trying to eliminate the hippie problem by using a fire extinguisher and macing one of the hippies. And then he sees that the guys have become hippies. And at one point, Carver's like, Did you eat their brownies? Did you eat their brownies? So then, Officer Barbrady comes in. And Barbrady arrests Cartman. Cartman wants him to arrest the hippies, but instead, it's Cartman who gets arrested. Because, in total, Cartman had 63 hippies in his basement. And yes, that is a sign of imprisonment. So, Carmen ends up going to jail, and he tries to talk to the mayor, and, you know, Carmen's saying to the mayor, look, these guys are going to create a festival. They're going to do, you know, they're going to do a music festival, and, you know, it's going to ruin the town. And she's like, I know. I signed the permits. They can have the music festival. And Carmen is upset. And he's like, this is going to ruin you guys. I'm warning you. This is going to hurt you guys. So now we go right into the music festival, actually. And, you know, they start off. It's a, it's a good-sized crowd. But it's not, at the time, gigantic. But... As the music is playing, more and more people are coming. So Sharon talks to Randy about where, where Stan is. And, you know, Sharon tells Randy that he's at the festival. And Randy at first gets upset about it. But then Sharon reminds him about when they were at Woodstock back in 69. And Randy's like, those different times, that meant something. And we get a flashback of them at 
Woodstock in 69. And apparently Randy had too much acid to eat, so he just pukes up all over the place. And Sharon falls on the puke. It's... It's a weird flashback. You don't get too many flashbacks in South Park, actually, which is one of the things I never really thought about till now, and it's sort of a nice thing not to always have flashbacks. So then they realize that Stan is in trouble. So now the mayor is seeing the festival and how this is just becoming worse and worse and worse. And at one point, one guy goes, South Park is the hippie capital of the world! And the mayor's like, My God, what have I done? So she takes a gun, puts it in her head, boom! Blood on the walls! So Randy is now trying to get into the crowd Jimbo is there to stop him and he's like you can't get in it's too deep there's too many people in there and Randy's like my son is in there so he tries to run in he gets a little bit in not too much before he succumbs to the marijuana smoke and just is hacking away like his he's coughing away his lungs are just hacking so now the rest of the townspeople go to Cartman in jail and they apologize for what has happened and they realize that he's absolutely right. And then they go into this whole thing where it's like, you're the smartest kid in school, Cartman. You know, they're, they're trying to bribe him. They even give, they even made a cake for him and they're trying, you know, like they're trying to get him to help the problem. And he's like, well, your bribing is good. It's going to do a little bit... I need a little bit more. I want a Tonka radio-controlled bulldozer. Brand new. Brand new Tonka radio-controlled bulldozer. And he says that he wants it. And that he wants Kyle to never get one of these. And that he has to play it in front of Kyle. Or he gets to play it in front of Kyle in the school parking lot. So, they agree at first to, you know, him at least playing in the parking lot. But, uh, Mrs. Broflovsky's like, well, I mean, you know, we can, you know, we don't have to buy it for him. But having to play it in front of him, and she gets a little elbow and it's like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll do that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, the first thing that Cartman says is that, they have to play a different kind of music. They have to play Slayer. Because hippies hate death metal. Now, to be fair, Slayer is technically not death metal. They're more thrash metal. They're, they're into that group or that genre with Metallica, Megadeth, and Anthrax. Which I'll get into a little bit later talking about Slayer. Um, so... Now, we see that the crowd is getting bigger and bigger. And this is day six. We're into day six of this festival. And it has not stopped at all. And, you know, Stan and them, they're like, Yeah, we're going to fight the corporations. What are we going to do this? Yeah, we're doing it right now. We're, we're doing it. We're sticking it to the corporations. By playing more hippie music. 
So Cartman now is in the town hall. And he tells them that right now, this is a very bad situation. It is about seven miles deep of hippies. And it's going to, we need like three days to get everything ready. So he has the blueprints for this, it's like a tank, but also a drill to get through the hippies. So what they need, or what he needs to make this operation successful is a scientist, an engineer, and a black guy. Well, Randy is the scientist, so, you know, that pretty much takes him. We then learn that Butter's mom is an engineer. This is the first time we've ever heard of this. So, Butter's mom is going to enter. And now we get the scene where it's like, hmm, now we need a black guy. Where's their black guy? Black guy, black guy. And obviously it's Chef, so. Um, so now we have the team to get ready to go. Now, Stan at this point is just about fed up with this festival. I mean, he's fed up with the smoking, he's fed up with the music, they're not doing anything to the corporations, so he attempts to make his way up the stage. Meanwhile, we get a nice, it basically any adventure movie parody of the team that's about to go on a risky adventure to go out, you know, onto their ship. So we have Randy saying goodbye to Sharon, Butter's mom saying goodbye to her husband and Butter's, Chef saying goodbye to a couple of prostitutes, and Cartman saying goodbye to Clyde Frog, because, you know, Clyde Frog rules. So they go in, and they start making their way. So they go just a little bit, and then they get into the crowd, and we see sort of like this war room. And, hey, the mayor's okay. She actually didn't kill herself. She just wounded herself. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to say, for the record, if they had wanted to, because I, I, I'm not saying they could have gotten rid of the mayor character, because actually the mayor character is really good. If they had wanted to, they could have gone with a new mayor. would have been very interesting to see who they had picked, but they didn't. So they're getting in there, and they have trouble. They're losing fuel. And Carmen is like, Chef, don't go out there. Please, don't. The chef's not doing anything. And Carmen's like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to sacrifice yourself. And Chef's pissed off because he knows he has to go. So he has to deal with the smoke. And he has to find the extra lever for the fuel tank, which he pushes. And the tank starts going at a very rapid speed to where they make the stage. And they get out. They've basically killed the act that is on the stage and probably about a thousand hippies while on the way. And Carmen's got his laptop, and, you know, Carmen's like, Quick, hook the wire up to my laptop! And Randy's like, I'm a geologist, I don't know which one it goes to! And it's like, it doesn't matter! So they hook it up, and they start playing Raining Blood by Slayer, and this just 
annoys the hippies and it's like, oh, it's hateful music. Oh, God, I don't like this. So, you know, they leave, the hippies are gone, and the town is free of hippies. So, Randy sees Stan, they hug, and Cartman sees Kyle, and he's like, oh, no, Kyle. Oh, no. I've been waiting to do this for a long time. So we see Carmen playing with his brand new Tonka radio-controlled bulldozer in front of Kyle in the school parking lot. He's like, yeah, look at me, I get to play. You want to turn, Kyle? Nah. So he keeps playing, and that's the episode, Die, Hippie, Die. Before I get into my thoughts on this episode, I do want to talk about Slayer. Slayer, um is a thrash metal band from Huntington Beach or Huntington Park, California, pardon me. Uh, the band was formed in 1981 by guitarist Kenny King, Jeff Hanneman, drummer Dave Lombardo, and bassist and vocalist Tom Araya. Uh, they have a fast and aggressive metal or musical style, made them one of the founding big four bands of thrash metal, alongside Metallica, Megadeth, and Anthrax. The final lineup because the band did retire in 2019 consisted of Carrie King, Tom Araya, drummer Paul Bostaff, and guitarist Gary Holt. Uh, they also had John Dett at one point as a member of the band. Now the song Raining Blood which you heard in the episode is on the album entitled Rain in Blood which happens to be their third studio-released album. And to most critics, this is their biggest album they ever did. Because not only do you have Raining Blood, you also have Angel of Death. Now, I, I do want to say, before I go a little bit further into, into uh, Slayer, if you want anything to look up, something funny to look up, I recommend going to YouTube type in Slayer in Church and there is a video and I've seen this I actually I absolutely love this video it is all these churches like gospel churches and they're dancing to a live recording of Angel of Death by Slayer it is absolutely hilarious um, it, it's pretty fantastic I, I get a kick out of it every time um watching it so i recommend that so if you have you know if you ever have a chance maybe after listening to today's episode go to youtube type in slayer in church and watch it it's pretty funny so the album uh was certified gold in 1992 and this is the first slayer album to enter the u.s billboard top 200 peaking at number 94 in 2017, this album was ranked number 6 in Rolling Stone's rankings of the 100 greatest metal albums of all time. Now, this album is only 29 minutes, if you don't include the reissued, you know, where they have extra content. But if you take the 10 songs on it, the album is only 29 minutes. Um... And I'll even read you guys the, the track listings. So Angel of Death is the first track. Then you have Piece by Piece, 
Necrophobic, Altar of Sacrifice, Jesus Saves, Criminally Insane, Reborn, Epidemic, Postmortem, and of course, Raining Blood. Um, in England, it made it all the way to number 47, and in Japan, it made it all the way to number 264. And yeah, I actually do have this album. I, I do have uh, Rain and Blood. It is a very loud but very good album. Um, of course, they've gone on to do many other albums, including South of Heaven, Seasons in the Abyss, Hell Awaits, Show No Mercy, Divine Intervention, among many others. Now, something you guys may not know is that on September 11th, 2001, was supposed to be the day that they released a new studio album called God Hates Us All. Uh, yeah, some, uh, some event happened that day, so, um, you know, I, what else am I to say? You know, there was a, another event that happened that day. Um, are Slayer, uh, atheists? Honestly, I don't think so. Uh, you look at them, and I really don't believe these guys are atheists at all. They're just playing music. Um, you know, yeah, they talk about sensitive stuff, but, you know, that's what art is. You have to talk about sensitive stuff. I mean, South Park's done that many times, and, um, Slayer is one of those bands that, when they were around, their almost 40-year career, they, you know, they sang about sensitive stuff, so, but that's your, uh, that's your background on Slayer for those who never got to listen to Slayer. So, where did the idea of this week's episode come from? Trey and Matt met while going to college in Boulder, Colorado, where they observed lots of hippies in their natural environment. They're particularly amused by the unshakable hippie belief that smoking weed and listening to music will somehow change the world. You may notice that a number of hippies in this episode are shown as specifically from the University of Colorado at Boulder. Um, I mean, yeah, if you, if you see the first time they do, or they, we get to see the College and Odo hippies, there is the University of Colorado at Boulder car sticker on there. So, it is definitely there. It is definitely there. So, what did I think of this episode? Well, if you think about it, this is sort of a payoff for... All the years of Cartman talking about hippies and hating hippies. It's a little bit of a slow start, but once it picks up, it becomes a good episode. Um, I think it's funny that they use thrash metal, because, as I said earlier, Slayer is not death metal. Um, they use Slayer to basically get rid of the hippies. I, I thought that was very creative. Um, I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. That's going to be my score this week. I'm, I'm going to give this episode an 8 out of 10. I thought it was a little bit better than the season premiere. Um, it's not a... To me, it's not an all-time classic, but it is a good episode. And it sort of concludes the chapter of Cartman and Hippies, which, you know, we've been dealing with since basically the beginning of the show. Uh, other notes to talk about. According to the commentary, the DVD commentary for this episode, this is a spoof of the 2003 film The Core, 
Trey Parker and Matt Stone wanted to mix a really terrible movie like The Core with music festivals like Burning Man, Banaru, and Woodstock. Okay, I've never heard of Banaru. Maybe if someone can let me know about that. Uh, in the first segment of the episode where Carmen is rounding up hippies, Carmen was originally dressed as Dwayne Chapman from the TV series Dog the Bounty Hunter. However, Cartman's appearance was overhauled at the last minute because Parker and Stone felt that not many viewers would understand the reference. Cartman would later be dressed as Chapman in the Season 10 episode, Miss Teacher Bangs a Boy. This is, sadly, the final episode of the entire series in which Isaac Hayes provided new dialogue for the character Chef. The episode is the subject of the opening chapter of David Sirota's 2011 book, Back to Our Future. Sirota argues that Cartman's character can be read as en encapsulating the 1980s conservative backlash against 1960s popular culture. The episode has been compared to the Occupy Wall Street movement. Now, before we get into the or IMDb, let's talk about the movie The Core, which is where this movie is uh, loosely made fun of or based on. This is a 2003 American sci-fi disaster film directed by John Emile and starring Aaron Eckhart, Hilary Swank, Delroy Lindo, Stanley Tucci, Checky Cario, DJ Qualls, Bruce Greenwood, and Alfrey Woodard. The film focuses on a team whose mission is to drill to the center of the Earth and set off a series of nuclear explosions in order to restart the rotation of the Earth's core. The film was released on March 28, 2003 by Paramount Pictures. It had an $85 million budget, and with a running time of 135 minutes, it made $74 million at the box office, so it was not a success. The film garnered mixed reviews. The film received 40% positive reviews out of 156, with an average rating of 5.2 out of 10 at the movie Review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes. The site's consensus states, A B-movie with its tongue planted firmly in cheek, the core is so unintentionally, intentionally? Bad that it's a hoot. Several reviews cited the numerous scientific inaccuracies in the film. The film made only $31 million in the United States and another $42 million overseas for a total worldwide gross of $74,132,631, thus failing to make its $85 million production budget back. Elvis Mitchell of the New York Times said, quote, The brazen silliness of the core is becoming and inauthentic, like taking a bath in non-dairy coffee creamer. The Earth core's inability to turn is mirrored in the cast's inability to give the picture any spin. Oof. Kenneth Turin of the Los Angeles Times was a little more forgiving, saying, quote, If the core finally has to be classified as a mess, it is an enjoyable one if you're in a throwback mood. After all, a film that comes up with a rare metal called Unobtainium okay, I'm gonna mess this up. <laughs> can't be dismissed out of hand. In response to criticism of a screenplay, screenplay's lack of scientific realism, screenwriter John Rogers responded that he tried to make the science accurate, but expanded three years fighting to get rid of the dinosaurs, magma walks, and spacesuits, bullshit sci-crap sources for the Earth's crisis, and a windshield for the ship Virgil. 
On March 30, 2009, it was reported that Dustin Hoffman was leading a campaign to get more real science into science fiction movies. Hoffman is on the advisory board of the Science and Entertainment Exchange, an initiative of the United States National Academy of Sciences intended to foster collaborations between scientists and entertainment industry professionals in order to minimize inaccurate representations of science and technology such as those found in the core. In a poll of hundreds of scientists about bad science fiction films, the core was voted the worst. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, on February 21st, 2010, The Guardian ran an article about American professor Sidney Perkowitz's proposals to curb bad science in science fiction movies. In the article, Perkowitz is said to have hated the core, saying, If you violate the coherent rules of science, you are in trouble. The chances are that the public will pick it up, and that is what matters to Hollywood. The core did not make money because people understood the science was so out to lunch, he added. Uh, that was from wikipedia it was voted the worst science fiction movie ever oh that's hilarious all right now let's go to imdb and see what people thought of this episode of over 2300 people that's surprising this had more than last week's episode the average rating is an 8.8 .8 out of 10 817 people gave it a 10, 656 people gave it a 9, 447 people gave it an 8, that's going to be the score I give it, and 55 people gave it a 1. To break it down into demographics, over 1,700 males voted, the average rating was an 8.7. Their highest demographic, even though only 7 people voted, was under 18 with a rating of 9.2. Excuse me. And for females, 142 people, uh, 142 females, the average rating was an 8.4 with your highest demographic. Let's say it all together, folks. 45 and over with an average rating of 9.3. Uh, like I said, I, I think it's a good episode. It, it's not an all-time classic, but it is a good episode and sort of ends that conclusion of Cartman versus Hippies. Alright, uh, four reviews to read. And you know what? Speaking of hippies, we're going to start with the Gangsta Hippie. Who wrote, Die Hippie Die shows the most prominent example of Cartman's hatred for hippies. The episode shows how he is like an exterminator who kidnaps hippies and locks them in his basement. The police arrest Cartman and free all the hippies which causes them to all start a music festival, which the mayor feels is destroying the town. The people who disagreed with Cartman's methods now want him to help them rid the town of the hippies. Meanwhile, Stan, Kyle, and Kenny learn about how the corporations are evil, and they start becoming hippies as well. This is a fairly good episode. Nothing special, though. have to agree with that. Uh, this next review is from E. Gunderson24, who wrote, it seems that Season 9 is getting on track after being off to a pretty bad start with Mr. Garrison's fancy new vagina. Thankfully, it shows that they want to take South Park back to the roots this time and do what they do best. Commentaries. It is true that last episode had a bit of a commentary on transgenders, although it was obviously lo done long before the inclusiveness debacle we see in 2019. But this one is funnier and more well done. And so is everything in the episode in general. The jokes are better, the imagery is more pleasant, and the while the story is more standard, it works pretty well. 
Hopefully the rest of Season 9 is closer to the quality of this episode than the last one, but I have yet to watch the rest of the season as of the time I wrote this review. And he did write this April 24, 2019. Next review is from Hellraiser7, who wrote... This episode is a parody on the disaster film's subgenre, as the film has little reference jabs on films like Armageddon and the under-the-radar gem, The Core. Uh, must be watching a different core than everyone else saw. Anyway, and all the cliches you would see in them. There's not a lot I could say about this one. It's just funny how Carmen and the rest of South Park, not part of the hippie crowd, treats the situation seriously, which is like a pandemic or rat infestation gone out of hand. Carmen, for once, is an actual protagonist and is practically having a field day as we see him single-handedly dealing with the hippie infestation. It's funny as we at first see him dressed up as an exterminator and he's armed with a fire extinguisher, mace, and some sort of chemical. I'm not sure what he was spraying onto that drum circle, either weed killer or water. I couldn't help but laugh whenever he sprayed fire extinguisher at a hippie from the wall and another whom is a, col a collage know or college know-it-all. He's spelled anyway. I'll admit college know-it-all the team me, me off sometimes. Seriously, what the hell do they know about the real world? So that's one exception I make in Carmen's extermination crusade. We also see him along with his team in the drill vehicle just drill right through right through the crowd. I can't help but crack up as well as we see the drill go through the hippies just fly like popcorn. Body parts, heads, and blood are just flying. What's funny about this is none of the hippie crowd are reacting and running for their lives, let alone notice there is a very big drill vehicle, probably because they're all too stoned to notice. The next time you see a hippie, beware, your town could be next. And our final review is from Rain Dog Jr., who wrote, Originally aired on the 16th of March 2005, this episode is such a great one, hilarious and fair. This time, Stan, Kyle, and Kenny are hippies. Kyle wears a Shea Guevara t-shirt, by the way. They're, they are kids, so they can be interested in the words of an adult who sees to know everything about the world, but for sure, kids are not fools. Once they see everything with their own eyes, they realize about the fact that hippies are just there to listen to music for days and smoke pot 24 hours per day, so the kids will have in mind the following question. How can the, hip how can the hippies... How can the hippies can be changing the world if they are only listening to music and smoking pot? So certainly Stan, Kyle, and Kenny will end hating the dirty hippies, but certainly not as much as Carmen. I think that is almost impossible. Carmen is just great here. He know everything about dirty hippies, he knows the different types of hippies, and he locked a bunch of them in his basement, so he ended in jail. But unfortunately for the citizens of South Park, Carmen was totally right, but fortunately Carmen could get the necessary for his plan, and in the end, Raining Blood by Slayer saved South Park of the hippies. Definitely, Carmen was a true hero, and Kyle will suffer a little. Watch this great episode and check the bizarre situation with the mayor and the quantity of hippies that were in South Park after a short period of time. Something from Trey and Matt's mini-commentary, Matt and Trey met Boulder, Colorado, where they went to school and they there they learned to hate hippies. Matt also says that they know hippies talk and that he knows hippies better than they know themselves. Um... One last thing before uh, I wrap up this week's episode. It, it, it's very interesting to note that in this episode, 
Carmen refers to Slayer as a death metal band. And at the time, and I could be wrong, people didn't complain about Slayer being called a death metal band. When at least 10 years later, the Simpsons do an episode about death metal, and they have, or they talk about death metal, and Judas Priest is involved. And they call Judas Priest a death metal band. And then the next day, the shit hits the fans. And they're like, Judas Priest is not a death metal band. And then like the following week's episode of The Simpsons, Bart is writing on the chalkboard, Judas Priest is not a death metal band. So, I'm wondering, and this is just a thought, if South Park got a pass because... Maybe some people consider Slayer to be a death metal band when they're actually a thrash metal band. But the Simpsons get murdered, they get tarred and feathered for calling Judas Priest a death metal band when they're actually a part of the new wave of British heavy metal. Just a thought. Alright, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, Getting into the plugs, you can follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97. And join our Facebook group, Sharks Pond, the South Park Podcast. You type that in the search bar, add yourself, you're right there. If you can't find it, it's okay. I put the link in each and every episode. So you just copy the link, paste it onto your browser, and boom, you're there to go. Next week, I sort of remember this episode, but not really. Is that a little weird to say? Uh, cause next week's episode is entitled Wing, and it's probably not what you're thinking it is if you've never seen this episode. So, um, that's gonna be what we talk about next week, or I talk about here next week, is Wing. Will there be a Mr. Mr. reference? Who knows? Hope you guys enjoyed this episode, uh... I am Bill, and you've been listening to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. And please, go check out Slayer in Church. It's a funny video.